Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Midwest Madness, uh, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, encrypted podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And happy Tuesday. Somehow, it seems like mine always has to be turned up, even though we don't touch it in between the two yeah, I mean. weeks okay. or whatever. But interesting. Emily's turning me down them telling me (laughs) um cool how long has it been a couple weeks before the fourth for sure yeah so it is now july for us too yes it is july and yeah you want to talk about your weekend em i um have had quite the five days It all started on Saturday, which was a really great day. Uh, Very fun. I did a little winery tour with my friends. And I don't want the fact that I said winery tour to influence people's thoughts. Perception about about what I'm about to say. Yeah. Um, I, like, fucked my ankle so fucking hard. (laughs) That is only the best way I can describe it. I had on like cute platform sandals and i was walking on uneven gravel and i don't know what happened one minute i was walking and the next minute i was on the ground and my shit was everywhere so and i can vouch that emily does not need alcohol to wipe the shit out no she does not need the help no um (laughs) so yeah my ankle actually my whole foot i would say yeah i would agree is about two times the size of my other foot we should post it (laughs) (laughs) maybe she's got a huge bruise on the outside of her ankle but it's not broken or anything so that started it (laughs) and then find out that i kind of had a feeling but my ac has been broken the whole summer for sure yeah and it was just so humid and hot and terrible in my house like that it was just terrible so then you know i had to come get get my ac fixed on monday uh which cost a pretty penny so that's always a fun expense. And then I'm at work on Monday and I walk outside to my car and the whole backside of my driver's side mirror is just gone. What? Yeah, you'll have to look at it when you... Oh my God, I didn't know about this. Yeah. It, and nothing's broken. It looks like it was just like popped off. It's so weird. What the hell? And I had to order a um, replacement for that. Is Doc going to put it on for you, or do you think you can pop it back on yourself? I think I may be able to pop it on myself, but if I can't, then... Just watch YouTube videos. That's how I learned how to change my headlights, Someone YouTube videos. else do it, but yeah. Um, And then how is today? Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. So far, pretty good. It was just a very long day. Yeah. It was slow at work, so it just kind of felt like it dragged by. But we're here and we're recording, so. So you get to see me. You're so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Doesn't she just sound so thrilled to see me? <laughs> one of, you know, you just, it can really only go up from here. Honestly, so. though. Um, yeah. That's how I've been. How have you been? Um, I had a great weekend. Um, 
my one of my best friends from college and her daughter came to visit and I did not know that my best friend was coming I thought that it was just going to be her daughter and we're gonna you know go to the zoo and then like go to the Mall of America and swim at our parents house and just kind of hang out and I'd like bring her home or whatever um well not home but grandma and grandpa's house and they pulled up and I get a text that said um in the driveway and I walk outside and there's Carrie (laughs) I was like what the heck so that was super exciting um and then we did Como Zoo which is really fun um and we did the Mall of America next day and they did a bunch of rides and stuff so it was a really good time I was very tired on Sunday when they left I was like okay and we saw Top Gun oh yeah we saw Top Gun as a family that was really fun really good yeah I liked it a lot a lot more than I thought I was going to I freaking love Top Gun I've only seen the original for one time, oh my so God. I need to watch it again. Oh, I've watched it so many times. Is that on Amazon? Yeah, Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. Big fan of the Top Gun. So. So. Um, cool. Well, I guess we can get into this week's episode now that we've talked about that. Yes. Um, so. Are you going to share about the yeah, Insta thing? I, okay. I, I wasn't sure. her if I could... Which, I stopped reading. This is very just odd. I know. So, quick backstory. I procrastinated my story. Like, I procrastinated my whole high school and college career. <laughs> and I started it yesterday. Um, and I really wanted to try to find something different. Yeah. And something I'd never heard of. Okay. And so, found a story, finished writing it this morning. Um... And then this afternoon, I was on Instagram because I was slow, and I get, like, a notification that we have a message on our Midwest Madness Instagram page, and... Which I also got. (laughs) Yeah, I literally, I had to, like, double, triple take because this girl, and I was going to ask you how you thought we pronounced her name. She sent me the pronunciation. Okay. But for some reason in my brain, it does not. Um, Do you want to show me? Yeah. Because my phone's not behind me. It, M- Mariona? Mariana. Mariana? Mar- Mariana is okay. what I would say. Oh, you're right. Mariana. Yeah. Okay. So I did ask if she could, I could say her name and she said yes, but she was just, you know, saying she had a suggestion and I'm not going to go we love. too far into the details, but it was the story that I had done and I was like, what are the freaking odds that the the day that we're gonna record choose this story and we're gonna record and i just finished it and it's a a story i'd never heard of or a person i never heard of yeah it seems like it's a very like kind of not well-known thing and she suggests it and she has a family connection with this person and um she recommended a book about the case so once we're done i will um the book recommendation she gave out there yes but it was just like so crazy i literally like messaged her back i was like so funny you mentioned this story keep an eye out for next week's episode and then i screenshotted (laughs) it and sent it to emily and i was like uh oh lol yeah and i was so sad because i wanted you not like but here's the thing i don't remember anything 
Well, uh, it's not even that, but the like, how crazy would have that story of Ben? Yeah, I would have heard it. Like, it would have blown my mind. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was on Instagram but, at the same time, so it happens. So, but I just thought that was so insane. That yeah, what are the chances this happened? Um, so I hope I do the story justice. It's a little bit interesting, um, and I'll kind of, I don't want to give too much away, so I'll kind of get into that. Yeah. But she just asked that I try to be sensitive. Which we always try so to do. I'm going to do my best. I, I, I'm going to, I think I'll be okay because I think the way I had written the story anyway wasn't too harsh yeah on the person but well even with that case of the teenage girl that just like murdered that little girl for no reason that i did oh like i feel like we were still pretty respectful about it i feel like that's something that we try to yeah do anyways but i'm glad that you're like even more conscious of it now you know what i mean so the story i am going to be doing um is the story of Dwayne Earl Pope, and it's located in Kansas and Nebraska. Um, which, which are two states we don't get to a ton. Right, and she said that too. She was like, I feel like you don't get to Kansas enough. And I was like, you're absolutely right. Yeah, we don't. absolutely. Um, I tend to go more east. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into it. Dwayne Earl Pope was born in 1943 in Roxbury, Kansas. I don't have the exact date of his birth, but I can tell you that he was one of eight children. Oof, that's um, a lot of kids. Roxbury, Kansas is still a place today. Um, and in 2020, the population was 16 people. So it's... Wow. Very small, obviously. Wow. Um, it's located pretty close to the middle of the state, but I would say like, if you put a pin in the exact middle of Kansas and then go up to the northeast a little bit... You would hit Roxbury. Okay. Um, he grew up on a small 160-acre farm. That's small? 160 acres? And if you're anything like me, you would think 160 acres doesn't sound small. You can tell we're city girls. Yeah. <laughs> but I looked up the acreage, average acreage of a farm, and it is 445 acres. Oh. So 160 so it's literally like a fourth. Is small. Well, almost half, I guess. Dwayne was described as shy and quiet but athletic um he was always described as an all-around quote nice guy and it was said that he excelled at football but was a mediocre student Dwayne's interest included guns and tractors which may sound like a red flag to someone like us us not the tractors so much but it's not out of the ordinary for someone who grew up on a farm in rural Kansas. Yeah, which makes sense. Right. Um, in high school, he played football, basketball, track, and baseball. He was captain of the basketball team and co-captain of his football team. He also participated in band, glee club, chorus, and drama. And he was the class president his senior year. In 1965, Duane was 22 and he had just graduated college from McPherson College in McPherson, Kansas, with a degree in industrial education. His big aspiration was to start his own excavation business. Um, he had already purchased several Caterpillar tractors and bulldozers, but he needed the money for a trailer to be able to haul that stuff around. Okay. And that's where and when 
um, Dwayne got the idea to rob a bank. Oh, no. Um, so Dwayne started to form his plan. He had built handmade silencers for his pistols that he owned in his dad's workshop, as well as his workshop at his college. And he also made a breastplate out of a piece of bulldozer blade. So that's like really thick metal, right? I don't know. Like a bulldozer blade. I don't know how thick bulldozer blades are. You wouldn't think it'd be... I mean, you think I mean, he had been able to walk pretty thick. I mean, it's not like I feel like it's not like sheet metal. Kind of besides the. I'm just point. I'm just I, sorry. On Wednesday, June second, two days after Dwayne graduated from college, uh, he went home to his parents' house. When he got home to his parents, um, they were there. So he walked upstairs. And he dropped a rifle out of his window, then walked back downstairs and put it in his 1939 Buick. Now, I don't know if the rifle was in the house and okay. he, it was like in his room. Yeah. And he didn't want to walk out past his parents with it. So he just like dropped it out the window. That would make sense. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. Um, Cause like, why would you bring it into the house with right. you? Unless you were, unless you wanted them to see that see, you brought it you brought into it in. the house, right? Maybe, yeah. One of those I, two I, scenarios. Yeah, I feel like your scenario is more likely though. Um, a pistol and the silencer he had made were already in the automobile. Uh, he borrowed fifty dollars from his dad, then told his parents he was headed to Oklahoma to look for work. He was not, in fact, going to Oklahoma to look for work, though. Instead, he drove about 30 miles north to Salina, Salina, Kansas, where he used his own name to get a motel room. The next morning, June 3rd, he headed to a Hertz and rented a 1965 Chevy. He then drove to Ogallala. Oh my god. Sorry. Oh, yeah, I think that's O-G-A-L-L-A-L-A. That's how I would say it. Yeah, Nebraska. That's amazing. And again, got a motel room under his own name. Ogallala is pretty much <laughs> right over the Kansas-Nebraska border. Can you say it without laughing? No. Okay. I don't think I say it again. Oh, shit. I do. <laughs> um, the night after, when it was dark, he drove over to Br- Big Springs, Nebraska Drove around the bank there a few times, um, just kind of scoping things out. Then drove back to Ogallala and turned in for the night. (laughs) I tried. The next morning, so we're now at June 4th. Okay. Dwayne woke up early, placed the gun in his briefcase, then drove towards Big Springs. He got as far as Brule, Nebraska, where he turned off the highway and checked a back road south to see if he could use it, like, as a getaway road. To kind of, like, stay off of the main roads. Yeah, after okay. the robbery. Okay. At this time, he also took the license plates off the car. He then drove into Briggs Springs, where he drove by Farmer's State Bank. He drove by slowly a few times and noticed that there were customers inside, So he decided to come back around 11 a.m. after, like, that kind of morning rush. Okay. Um, And he noticed at this point that the bank was empty empty besides the employees. So Dwayne parked the car, grabbed his briefcase, and entered the building. 
When he got inside, he inquired with the president of the bank, Andreas Keldegard. Um, it's K-J-E-L-D-G-A-A-R-D. So one of those Scandinavian. Yeah. I feel like Keldegard is pretty close. It's, yeah, I would agree. Um, about a land development loan. Andreas. Andres. Andre? How is it spelled? A-N-D-R-E-A-S. Mm, yeah, I don't know. Um, informed him they do not do those kinds of loans at that bank, but he went to fetch a phone book so he could help Dwayne find a bank in this area that could help him. Um, at this point, Dwayne came around the edge of the counter into the employee's area and drew his gun. He told Andreas to put all the money into the briefcase, and at this point, another employee, um, Franklin Keldegard, who was the 25-year-old nephew of Andreas, came over to help his uncle. They took the money from the cash drawer under the counter and put all of it into the briefcase. Then Duane ordered another employee, Lois Ann Hoffen, to get money out of the vault. She came out with some $1 bills and placed them in the briefcase as well. While all this was happening, a fourth employee, Glenn Hendrickson, was sitting at the, a table watching everything go down. I just, I don't think he wanted to... Be noticed. Be noticed or, like, cause problems. Like, maybe he just thought, okay, if I sit here, he'll get what he wants. I'll I can leave. give a good description to the police and all that kind of stuff, maybe. Maybe. Um, at this point, Dwayne had gotten what he needed. So he ordered all four employees in the bank to lay face down on the floor, which they all did. He first shot the president of the bank, Andreas, in the back of his head. The, his gun then jammed, so he had to unjam it before shooting the three le- other employees in either the back of the neck or the back of the head. He then fled the building. However, Franklin somehow never lost consciousness and he was able to sound the burglar alarm after um, Dwayne had left. Mm. The other three employees did uh, die at the scene. Dwayne drove to the main highway, then took that back road back to Brule. Brule. While driving, he threw the silencer and the gun out the window of the car. Um, and at this point, he was actually driving so quickly that he like hit a bump and punctured the gas tank. Um, in the car and so he obviously like he's losing gas so he had to stop and purchase gas and he had to try to plug the hole with a rag um which i think actually worked well enough he also put the license plates back on the car he reached selena which is the town he had rented the car from and left his own buick at um and he returned the Chevy and stayed the night in the same motel he had the very first night. So it gets kind of confusing because he stayed in Selena and then he went to Ogala and stayed there and then he went back to Selena and okay. stayed there again. Um, the next morning he drove back to his parents' house where he left $150 in the mailbox with a note saying that $50 was to pay back his dad and then asking to deposit the other $100 into his um, account. At this point, Dwayne drove to Wichita, Kansas, and dumped his Buick. Um, okay, we are going to get into some 
place hopping. So if you get a little lost, just... Okay, do you know why he jumped his Buick? Because he's getting on a bus. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. I was. I thought it was like to end the trail, like, because someone had seen him in the car or something, but the, you he had rented a car, right. so I was just like, wait, what? Right. Okay, cool. He bought a bus ticket to Enid, Oklahoma. Then from there, he bought another bus ticket to Oklahoma City. Once he got to Oklahoma City, he bought a plane, plane ticket to El Paso and then another bus ticket to San Diego. He okay. arrived in San Diego on June 6th. So the crime took place the 4th. He stayed the night um, in Selena the 4th. On the 5th. Yep, he drove to his parents, put the money in the mailbox, and then on the 6th, he arrived in San Diego. Okay. While there, he placed the stolen money and another gun he was carrying in a storage locker and then went down to Tijuana, Mexico. After visiting Mexico, he came back to San Diego and rented another hotel, this time using a false name. Now... While all of this is happening, police in Big Springs were putting together the pieces of the crime. There had been multiple witnesses who saw him leaving the bank, as well as Franklin, the lone survivor, uh, who saw and heard everything that happened. Yeah. They found the gun and the silencer that he had thrown out of the car, um, and they pretty much knew who was responsible for the crime at this point and didn't really seemed like it was a question i don't know if they traced the gun back to him i don't know if someone recognized him i don't know if they were able to trace that chevy the car yeah the car back to him i'm sure it was probably a combination of a lot of it yeah especially like if that car came back with damage right i couldn't find exactly what it was but yeah um on June 7th, Dwayne decided to buy a used car, again using a false name. While purchasing the car, he happened to see a newspaper with the news of the Big Springs, Big Springs Bank robbery. Say that five times fast. Yeah, no kidding. This seemed to freak him out a bit. and he Understandable. Then decided to buy a ticket to Las Vegas where he spent some time gambling and letting loose having fun and then june 10th three days later Dwayne saw another newspaper this time there is a message in the newspaper written by the president of mcpherson college appealing to him directly to turn himself in yikes yeah and for some reason Dwayne decided to do just that um this plea from the president of mcpherson college worked and on june 11th he flew to kansas city missouri when he arrived he checked into another hotel under a false name then called both the mcpherson college president and the kansas city police two written confessions were taken from duane by the kansas city police the first was six pages and contained the information of exactly what had happened so it wasn't really like anything new yeah um the second commission was 19 pages and gave a little bit more detail that the police hadn't already known 
Um, in this confession, Dwayne states that his motive for killing all of the employees or trying, trying to. to was so they would not be able to identify him as the robber. Um, obviously, this did not work uh, because Franklin was able to survive and he was able to testify and identify Dwayne in court. Um, the trial did not start until November of 1965 in Lincoln, Nebraska. At the trial, teachers and classmates from both his high school and college years all testified that his conduct and their experience was exemplary. He had never had any problems and had never been disciplined. His employer in Roxbury even described him as, quote, the best man I ever hired, end quote. Wow. And he wasn't the only person to describe Dwayne this way. His football coach, the Harvest employer, home t- his own hometown banker, and the buildings and ground superintendent from McPherson College all described him as, quote, better than anyone else and, quote, the person who gave them the least amount of trouble, end quote. So I'm f- sure for them, this is very, was all very confusing and traumatic and honestly for me it is a very confusing as well because Dwayne never showed any type of bad behavior before this he was um seemed like a very stand-up, stand-up yeah, person like you said he was involved in a lot of stuff during school well, yeah and wasn't like, like a was a captain of this and that and the other things seemed and, like a hard worker yeah um in that Instagram message. Um, I believe she describes the whole family. Oh, she says their hearts are pure and they will give the shirt off their back for anyone. So it adds to the shock that Dwayne was a murderer, which I can understand completely. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's like from what she describes and like i said there is a family relation so it seems like she knows them pretty well that the whole it's just like this was just like straight out of way fucking left field yeah doesn't make any sense yeah it's like he got desperate and just made bad choice after bad choice yeah i don't know um so it's which just, is just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking for him, and it's also heartbreaking for the family. And All it's the also families. heartbreaking for the families of the victims. Yeah. Because I feel like I shouldn't speculate, but I feel like maybe if this, if I had a loved one killed and the person was a bad person, it's easier to hate it's them. It's easier right? to, yeah, and it's easier to like, okay, he was a bad person. Yeah. He does not seem like he was a bad person. No. It just was like this one really 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 bad thing he did yeah so it's just very odd and i don't understand why it happened and there was no indication of like a snap or he was he did go through a mental evaluation which would make sense because it comes so out of left field yeah and he was um found obviously fit to stand trial yeah they never they didn't say anything about like him snapping or anything like that God, it's just so sad. Like it's it's, sad it's just all around. Yeah, it's just sad. Um, obviously what he did was completely wrong. Yeah. And we are not excusing him at all. No, not at all. Um, it's just odd. Yeah. And it's, I yeah. wanted a better reason why. 
but I didn't get one. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. It's, it's just like a big question mark as to like what, like we know what the motive was, but what right. was the decision making process that got you to this is an acceptable decision? And why kill be Like you didn't have to kill anyone. Yeah. That's the part that's the hardest for me is like they gave you the money. Yeah. And clearly it didn't stop you from getting caught. Right. So like it, that part makes it even more difficult to understand like the murder part right um so Dwayne was obviously found guilty on six charges including three counts of murder in the commission of a bank robbery and he was sentenced to death the ruling was appealed and in 1970 he was again found guilty and again sentenced to death in 1972 his sentence was commuted to life in prison by the u.s supreme court um, they like overturned some death penalty case, I think it was, or something. I don't know. I, this, I'm not happy with the Supreme Court right now, so I didn't look into it, but in, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I think a lot of us aren't happy with the Supreme Court right now, so that's fair. In 2016, Duane, who is age 73 at this point, was granted federal parole and then transported to nebraska to begin serving three life sentences that was handed down to him in 1970 by nebraska so i don't know if he was serving some time for a crime first in kansas and then that one was like boop he was paroled from that one and then at that point he had to start his three life sentences what um so do you think the federal parole part is like isn't bank robbery a federal crime? Doesn't the FBI come in on... The, on? the FBI was involved, yeah. So I think that's why. I think so the federal parole would be for the bank robberies and then he had to serve time for the murders. That would be my assumption. I could be wrong, but that's that's my guess. Um, Now I ended my story. I don't know if he's alive or not, Um, but thanks to... Our good friend, um, <laughs> she says that he is currently housed in the Nebraska State Penitentiary. Um, oh, she said, I know in the past, if you choose to do really in-depth research on him, he would be willing to discuss his case with you. That would be so fucking cool. We might have to write a letter. Um, um, yes, I think we need to write a letter. Yeah. I'll have to message her again. But so we do know he is still alive and he is still serving his sentences. If he was 73 in 2016, he would be um, 78. Eight, eight years ago, right? Oh, no, wait. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. 80. 80, so yeah. Yeah. 80, turning 81. Yep. Um, And then one last little fun fact. He was on the FBI's top 10 most wanted list for one day. I feel like that's understandable because it's a, it was a spree killing and it was so out of the blue. And so like, and brutal, I can to be honest. Yeah. And I can understand why there would be some, some very serious panic because it's like, what the hell, where did this come from? We need to get him because it could happen again. You know, that's, I'm sure was what the thinking was. Yeah. Um, so that is all the information I could find. Um, there weren't very many sources with different information. Mm. So the 
book she recommended is something I will probably definitely order or look into. Um, or just to get, get from the library because libraries are the best. If they have them. Most of the time they don't. Um, you can always get it from anywhere in the state. At The, the title of the book is called Anyone But Dwayne. And oh, yes. I remember seeing that part. The author is Noel or Noel. I think it's I know it's N O E L so I think it's a guy. I think I it's think Noel. Noel too. Grove. Um, yeah, it is a he. So if you are interested want to look <laughs> yeah. into it more, you can. And I like this too. She says like the title b- the book title does it justice because when word came out that he was the one who did it, it would have been anyone but Dwayne. So I think that's kind of interesting. It's called Anyone But Dwayne. And yeah. This seemed like that really is how everybody viewed it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, that's how we're viewing it, too. We're like, what in the world? I mean, obviously, we don't know him personally. No. But like. But from what. From on paper. Everyone has said about him just seems very odd and out of the blue. So. Mm-hmm. That is and like the there's story. no you know like childhood trauma or any no. like indicators or any nope. you know like sometimes when you hear the backstory of of these people that we talk about yep you're like oh okay makes sense yep but like with this one there's just like zero indication right um so my sources are um fbi.gov murderpedia.org onlyinyourstate.com and wikipedia.org uh and that is the story of Dwayne Earl Pope and the Big Springs bank robbery which is sad and terrible and I can't imagine how scary they were and as our mother works in a bank that, yeah I was wondering if you're gonna bring and that up and these kind of stories they always, always kind of freak me out freak right me out yep yeah. me too because she li- works in a small town bank yep. and you know yeah she's not the most uh like true crime minded right she likes she to likes, trust people she likes to see the best in everyone which is a great a great quality quality absolutely to have not no shame on mom at all because I'm she's just a little more cynical. <laughs> oh, we're I think we're both a lot more cynical than uh, she is. And she would say that about us as well, I think. I think so, so too. <laughs> yeah. So I think whenever we talk about bank robbery stories, they always just give me a little they make me a little sad. So yeah. they make me a little nervous. It makes me feel bad for those families. Oh god, I can't imagine. Victims, so um yeah. You wanna add anything else? I hope I did it okay i can't I wanted to be sensitive i can't believe the fucking timing man. of that i know it was like insanity what are the freaking chances because that story is so like uh, it is completely out of the blue right just like, like never heard of it before i've no. never nothing and i it completely took me a while new. to even find it to be honest so crazy yeah because like so i was literally like I was on Instagram too. I was on my own profile and you know how it like pops yeah, up. Yeah, that's what it did. So I like clicked it and I was like reading through it and then I saw your message pop up and I just kind of like chuckled and I was like, oh, she probably was like, oh, thank you so much. And then I read it and I was like, holy shit. No way. So weird. No way. 
so so freaking like so this is what happens you guys when you send us requests is a they get done sometimes (laughs) eventually sometimes it takes us a little while and sometimes it happens the day you send us the message. <laughs> Sometimes we have a serendipity moment and I've already written the story up. Um, Crazy. Yeah. And hopefully I got the information right too because obviously she has a connection to the story. So. Yeah. But I feel pretty confident in my sources. I re- like literally read through some of the court transcripts. Oh, wow. And court documents. So... I feel pretty good about that information. Yeah. yeah, I would too. But you never know. Sometimes stuff online is just... Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. So there we go. There's that. All right. That was a good one. I liked it. Thanks. And thanks for the suggestion. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for the request. So I think we can go now, buddy. Well, no, you have to do this. Oh, yeah. Socials. Ha <laughs> ha. Um, so our socials are MW Madness Podcast um on that's our gmail and that is also our instagram and then midwest madness podcast group on facebook and then we have the twitter but who cares yep okay (laughs) um cool well we hope you guys have a great rest of your tuesday and we look forward to talking to you next week don't fall down bye (laughs)